1: This is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Today we're going to discuss one of my favorite subjects. I can teach and preach about this subject for a long, long time, and I will never, never run out of things to say. I am talking about the love of God. And today I will bring it home in a personal way so that you can relate. My life was never the same again when the Holy Spirit led me to this revelation. John chapter 17, verse 23, it says, I in them and you in me. This is Jesus praying to the Father. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Here I was all my life as a Catholic and was mentored by a spirit-filled or charismatic Catholic priest. I had known the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. But I did not have the knowledge or I didn't know that I must also serve him and acknowledge him as the Lord of my life until October of 1988. Growing up, I've known Jesus ever since I was young. I was five years old, as far as I can remember. And I always thanked him and praised him for dying on the cross for me. But just like what I said, I did not serve him growing up as the Lord of my life. I didn't know what it meant as a child. I was born in the Philippines, and I finished school there until the Lord moved me here in the United States. I moved here in my early 20s. In the Philippines, there are only two classes of people, the haves and the have-nots, and my family belonged to the have-nots. Interestingly enough, both of my parents came from a well-to-do family. But their parents died when they were young, and it changed everything for them. Their own relatives took possession of their inheritance, the fields, and everything else. And sadly, they made my dad work on the farm that should have belonged to him and his brother in the first place. So my father never finished high school. But he is so kind-hearted, he is so generous and hard-working. He was a wonderful father on my mother's side. Some family members have took her in, they took away her inheritance, but an uncle of mine, look at God, but an uncle of my mom, who was a mayor in that town, took pity on my mother and took her in and sent her to school. So she finished high school, and her uncle sent her to the school in Manila to learn to be a dressmaker. So she is very good at that. She never used any pattern. My mother especially always believed in education. And my parents sacrificed everything to send all of us to private school. My parents never took a vacation They worked all their lives, and even when they moved to the United States, they continued to work. So all of us siblings, especially my older brother and my three older sisters, worked hard to help support the family, and for me and my baby brother to continue to attend private schools. Me and my baby brother, we had it made because of the sacrifices of my parents and also my older siblings. But... Even then, I had been working hard ever since I was 15 years old, right after I graduated from high school. It is common in the Philippines to graduate young, like 15 to 16 years old, because we spend a lot of days in school. And we're only up to K-10. That's when you graduate from high school. But we did not have a long summer break from school like here in the United States. And we didn't have any spring break. We didn't have all of those things. So I graduated from high school at a very, very young age, and I worked full-time for me to go to college. But God intervened and changed my course and my career, and instead of teaching, being a teacher, he sent me to a banking industry until I came to the United States. And here, I had to start all over again. But I learned to earn my keep. I knew I had to work hard to support myself, and I should not depend on anybody else. I had to earn my keep. So when I got baptized by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ really became the Lord of my life, I was so glad. But it took a while for me to receive that love. So when I got baptized by the Holy Spirit and Jesus really became the Lord of my life, I was taken aback with the knowledge and with the revelation that I don't need to earn the love of God. I thought I had to earn what God had given me. And I resolved in my heart and I even promised God that I will work harder and will dedicate my life to him, to serve him, because he called me in the front lines, and because he saved me. When the Holy Spirit started revealing Jesus to me, by and through his word, and through dreams and visions, and yes, sometimes in an audible voice, my life got changed. Everything looked so good and sounded so good. And I know it's true. But still in my mind, I still could not comprehend. All my sins were washed away. I don't have to pay or be punished for them. All the mistakes that I made, all the compromises that I committed, they're all washed away. And now I have a new beginning. As if those things did not exist, they never happened. That everything is gone, everything has passed away, and everything are made new. I received all of that, even though it took me a while to comprehend what had happened in my life. And unbeknownst to me, because I had been living all my life working And earning my keep, I did not realize that I was still trying to earn the love of God, the blessings from my Holy Father. Yes, even though I knew that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for me, and Jesus loves me, he has a plan for my life, and he meant and planned for me to live a life in victory and in abundance. My brain and my mindset were still in the ways of the world that I had to still make sacrifices in my life. I still have to give up a lot of things and I'm going to deny myself from enjoying life or pleasure because Jesus loved me. That was still in my mind and that was not the plan of God. All these good news I received, but did not realize that I had to renew my mind. I had to develop new ways of thinking in order to learn God's ways of doing things here on earth. It's just kind of like you. So one Friday, after work, I cannot wait to get home so that I can talk to Jesus. I prepared a meal for me and Jesus to have a communion together, to spend time together. And I dressed up. I had my journal, my pen, and my Bible with me ready. So when he start talking to me, I can record and I will not miss a thing. I had been doing that every weekend, spending time with Jesus. And in this specific night, I started promising Jesus what I'll do for him what I'll do for God. I told Jesus that I will make sure that he will never regret saving me and calling me in the front lines. My heart was sincere. I told God, I will not marry, but I will only marry if he wants me to marry. And I was willing and was even planning my life of being single, serving Him. Then the Holy Spirit led me to the Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 23, that says that Father God, the Creator of heaven and earth, loves me as much as He loves His only begotten Son, Jesus. I was stunned. God the Father loves me as much as He loves Jesus. I was content with God saving me and loving me. And I was content and grateful that he has plans for my life. But the reality that he loves me as much as he loves Jesus, I was taken aback. I cried the whole night, tears of joy, and almost in a very surreal manner. And all night, I was asking him, could this be true? That you love me as much as you love Jesus? And God spoke into my heart and said, yes, Christina, and you do not have to earn my love nor my approval. And he said, I sent my son Jesus to the cross to pay for all of your sins. So that So that you'll become joint heirs with him to become his bride, knowing that you cannot do it for yourself, that's how much I love you, so my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that changed the world for me and my perspective and my view of the Word of God, who God is, from that day on, my litmus test. In everything, in the the choices, and even the voices that I hear. My litmus test is, how does my Father in heaven view these things pertaining to me and or his people? From then on, God stopped being a religion to me. He stopped being a God who always gives a list of do's and don'ts but he became a real loving tender god merciful god who loves me then i learned that all good things comes from god i always remind myself of john chapter 10 verse 10 the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I made that scripture very personal. And I always remind myself about this. Satan comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus came so that I may have life and have it abundantly. So you, yes, I'm talking to you. Don't try to earn The love of God. If God loves you while you were sinners, so much more that He loves you now. And since we do not have to earn God's love, then we can love others unconditionally. It is easier now for us to love the unlovable and to forgive. The most important thing is that now we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We can now allow him to fulfill his plan and purpose for our life. That we will be able to trust him. And in spite of everything else, in spite of the challenges and the turmoil and the pain and suffering, knowing that that is not from God, we can move forward and we can tell others about our awesome father. Who loves them too. And as far as our pain and suffering and the challenges that we're facing right now, they're not from God. So if they're not from God and you belong to God, then you can renounce them and God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Call upon him and trust him. When people ask me, how do I get to this place? To this to this position of authority in God's kingdom how can I prophesy how can I know to prophesy and how to prophesy and how am I confident what ge- what gave me the confidence that I have the assuredness? That the prophecy that I release or I have or and I have been releasing are actually from God. How can I be so bold and fearless? It is because of one revelation. God loves me as much as he loves his only begotten Son, Christ Jesus. And for Jesus not to mind sharing his father with me. I am now a joint heir with Christ Jesus. It will take us a lifetime to get and understand the fullness of that revelation. God is love. That is why he gave us eternity to get to know him. The ways of God in doing things are limitless. But there is one thing that is constant from the Old Testament all the way to the book of Revelation. His character, His attributes, His nature. He is an almighty, holy, and a merciful God. All the things that God does, including discipline or even judgment, He is always motivated by love. Whenever I lose sight of this very truth, that God is always motivated by love, I make mistakes. I realize that. Because in that particular time, in that particular area, or instance, I did not trust him. So I am making all the necessary correction to demonstrate that I trust him. When God told me that he called me in the front lines, I did not want to hear those words. I wanted to run away, but I cannot find a place to hide from him. He kept on telling me that he will never leave me nor forsake me. So I planned to do the next bad thing. Since God will never leave me, I took God to places he did not want me to go. And I made him listen to words that he did not want to hear. And that is what you're doing, too, even now, as far as many of you are concerned. You are still taking Jesus to where he does not want you to go. And you're still saying those negative words, unfaithless, unfaithful, fearful words that he did not want to hear. And he does not want you to speak. Why did I want to run away from God and why did I not want to be a minister? I looked and had been listening to most preachers. And they're always in need. I came from a poor family and I don't want to go back there. I had resolved in my mind that I will always do the right thing and I'll work harder if I need to so that I don't need to be poor again. But I heard from the pulpit that they walk by faith and that they are believing God, for God to meet their needs. And it's always every time that they didn't have any money to pay for anything. So there are so many questions in my mind. If they are serving God and God is our provider, why are they in a condition of lack and poverty? Remember, all good things are from God. And he came so that we will have life and have it in abundance. So when God called me to be a minister, I told God, I do not want to ask people for money to pay my bills or even send my children to school. Something was not right. And I kept on telling myself that, Christina, you're being judgmental. You are just new into this ministry. But it did not sit well with me. I was working in one of the financial institutions in San Antonio. And at that time, I was in a real estate construction and development. So I know about banking and about money. It takes money to earn more money. Besides, I kept on reading and searching the scripture. And my question was never answered. Why? Many in the body of Christ, have a poverty mentality. If Jesus became poor for us so that we don't need to, where in the scripture that says that poverty and lack is a sign of walking and living by faith? It is not a sign of anointing, believe me. You don't get anointed by being in need all the time and thinking about it, how to feed your family or pay your bills. It is actually torment. So I decided to read the Bible from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation numerous times. What I found from the Bible is exactly the opposite of what is going on in the body of Christ. When I read that Abraham lived by faith, And as a result of that, he got all his heart's desires. In every area of his life, he was blessed. He became a father, even at a very old age. He became prosperous and powerful. And I read all the great men and women of God in the Bible who served and followed God. And I was not able to find any that when they served God, they became poor. They may have struggled, but only for a short season. So I got my answer. Let all men be a liar and let God be true. When I met my husband, lo and behold, he was also wondering the same thing. He was telling me one time over dinner that Jesus never took an offering. Even the disciples did not beg or ask the people to meet their needs. What they did is they took an offering from one church body to give to another church body, but never for their personal needs. Then, thanks be to God, I came across the faith people. I got to hear and meet Kenneth Hagan and some other ministers who are not in the begging ministry, but they are in sowing and reaping ministry. Then I got involved, it gave me life. And that makes more sense to me because God loves me and he's also a generous God. So I entered the ministry and I'm still in the ministry. And until God takes me out, I will remain in the ministry because God is love. And if I don't enjoy to see my children suffer or in pain or even when they're sick, So much more with a loving and a perfect God, He doesn't want to see you in turmoil, in confusion, in pain, and under affliction. Let me pray for you, Holy Father. Thank you that you are loving, Father. And now, Father, I thank you that you're using my voice to minister to your people that are afflicted, that are suffering. And now this is the day that they will know that poverty and pain and suffering do not come from you. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I release deliverance upon you, my dear brothers and sisters. I release healing in your physical body and breakthrough to the challenges that you have. I call forth reconciliation and healing in your relationship. And I call forth the manifestation of God-ordained relationship, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Call me at two one zero six nine five one six three zero, and I'll continue to discuss the love of God in the next program, and probably the program afterwards. Not unless the Holy Spirit will interrupt uh, will will interrupt all of us to 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 to, to deliver a, a message that is necessary for you to hear. So God bless you for tuning in. Join us in our Sunday services. We are located at 8419 Callahan Road off I-810. Our morning service starts at 1030 and the evening service at 7. We also have a prayer and a service every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sons of God ministries and facebook.com slash International. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. dot org.